Welcome to the Home and Family Culture Podcast, where I discuss how families can discover and design their collective vision, values, beliefs, and traditions that influence their family culture. I'm your host, Jody Chafee. The purpose of my podcast is to interview successful individuals whose success, influence, or was influenced by their family culture, and also experts who can offer tips and tools to aid families in their process of developing their family culture. In this episode, I had the privilege of speaking with Kathy Malore. Kathy is the mother of six and the mentor of hundreds of youth. For the last nine years, she has had the opportunity of training parents to be mentors with the Leadership Education Mentoring Institute, or LUMI, which specializes in the unique and sometimes terrifying teen years. In addition to being a trainer for Lemmy, she also travels all over the country doing Unleashing Your Voice public speaking and debate seminars and offers an online monthly webinar series called Mentoring the One. She provides one-on-one mentoring online for homeschooling success, finding mission, entrepreneurship, writing, public speaking, and life coaching. I really enjoyed my conversation with Kathy on the importance of heroes, and I hope you enjoy it too. Welcome to the podcast, Kathy Malor. Thank you so much for coming. I really appreciate you taking your time to come and talk with me about your your experience and your expertise. Um, so tell us a little bit more about you and the, the work that you do. Well, I guess before we talk about the work that I do, I, I might want to mention that I have uh, six children of my own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I say that three of them are a doldren. So <laughs> we've got uh, half of them out of the nest and another one about to launch. So I've been doing this a long time and, and love, uh, love my kids and love raising them. So my, my work is, is basically mentoring in many, many different varieties. I do a lot of different things. I, I mentor people online. I also do a lot of seminars, um, two different kinds of seminars. One in, is uh, teaching public speaking and debate. I go into a community and inspire their youth to want to be orators and debaters. And, oh, interesting. and then I teach the parents how to, how to be the coaches, really, like to learn that skill of coaching, which I'm happy to report goes way beyond public speaking as a useful tool as a, you know, for a parent. Yeah. And the other kind of seminar that I do is uh, actually a mentoring seminar. I teach people how to master the environments of, of mentoring, how to, how to be a good mentor. So, uh, so what's an example of an environment of mentoring? Well, for instance, like discussion, like colloquializing about a, a book or a movie that you've seen, have, you know, being able to, to draw out the epiphanies that, that you're, child or your student might have okay interesting so that would be good for like any anybody that if you read if your child's reading or you watch a movie together or you're watching the news to be able to have a discussion about what's going on there yeah that would be be really useful well and being able to draw out people's you know what they didn't even realize that they knew about themselves or about their connection to the character or Mm -hmm. that thing it's actually just a skill set that you can develop and and become better at just through practice and through uh-huh. understanding the principles behind that. So that would be one environment, uh, you know, that's easily easily explained. That's cool. That's really cool. That would be so useful. I could see that in so many 
in so many different ways. Just that one environment. I'm sure that there's lots of ways. It's it's something it's something that every parent a skill everybody parent could use is communication to be able to coach their kids and mentor them. That's awesome. So that that would even lend to the discussion that we're going to have about heroes. Mm-hmm. But before we get into uh, into heroes, um, so my podcast is about family culture, and um, mostly because I feel like it's something that's like this unspoken thing that is just there. And everybody has a family culture, whether they know it or not, or whether they're they're conscious consciously shaping it or not, and. Um, and so my goal is to help people draw out and understand what their beliefs are that's shaping their family culture. And so how do you define family culture? Well, I think I would look at it like the basis of the word. Okay, The word culture comes um, from the agricultural term, actually, of, of digging. Okay. And, you know, when we think about a garden, it's very easy to see that, <clears throat> that the... Um, the garden is going to go to weeds if we don't do some digging, if we don't do some, some preparatory work, if we don't, you know what, if we don't put yeah. the time in, right? Yeah. So our family culture is a lot like that garden. It, it can be purposeful and bountiful, and it can also be neglected and, and just become whatever it is. I like that. That's a really good visualize. You can visualize that, like that you can either work at it and and then and then there's lots of different kinds of gardens. It doesn't necessarily have to be a flower garden or a vegetable garden. It, you can have a grove of trees. You can have whatever it is that you envision for your family or whatever your values are. You you cultivate that, and that's what your family can become. It all starts with vision. Mm-hmm. You know where where is it that that we want this to be, you know, what do we want it to become and where do we need to put our efforts to, to get those results? Yeah. I've been working on discussing with people how to work on our beliefs because all of our behaviors are just a manifestation of our beliefs and you have to develop um, what, what it is that's in your heart and in your, in your belief system to, to shape what actions are manifest. And um, so today I wanted to talk with you about uh, a message that you share about heroes and why heroes are important. And so let's just start out by saying what exactly is a hero and what is it that makes them great? That, that's a fantastic question. The, the, the sort of typical hero, the one that we, we automatically go to is, you know, is the, is the champion, right? The strong and, uh, you know, they usually have some kind of almost super supernatural powers to accomplish something great. In in every hero story, there's you know the protagonist who is the hero, and um, and it's usually a he. And so I'm going to just use that sort of gender <laughs> bias here. Um, he he has something to accomplish that is difficult, and there's obstacles in the way. So that's, you know, where you start, right, with the definition of hero. Okay. But I think you also have to kind of broaden it and, and realize that, you know, every parent that is doing their best and trying to accomplish, um, accomplish great things with their families is also a hero. Yeah. Every, every leader, really anybody who stands up when no one else is willing to stand up. 
you know, you find those moments in your life when, when somebody needs to do something, right? Yeah. And I think that those are heroic moments. And, and, I, and I just would, you know, admonish your listeners to, to choose, uh, I'm just going to say, to choose to be the protagonist in their own story. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we, we lack the courage to be a hero because we think we're nothing special. Mm. We don't think that we have a message that's worth hearing, or we don't think that we have what it takes to do that hard thing. So it's, it's a, it's a, it's a very deep and, and broad subject, this uh-huh. hero thing. Uh-huh. So I want to go into how, how heroes are made. Like, what is it that um, you talk about a hero's cycle? Mm-hmm. And so can you tell us what, what that is or what a hero cycle um, looks like? Yes, of course. So this comes from the work of Joseph Campbell. He wrote a book called A Hero of a Thousand Faces, uh-huh. wherein he makes the um, he makes the case that that all stories, you know, in every culture and every time period, have this concept of of a hero, and this hero goes through these very similar kinds of experiences. So would it be helpful if I told you like a basic hero hero's journey? Yeah, sure. Sure. I liked, um, in, in what I heard, you talked about Bilbo Baggins. Mm -hmm. I really liked that, uh, experience where he, um, if you could tell us more about how he's, he went through a hero's journey and what that looked like as, as defined as, as a hero's journey and the cycle of becoming a hero. Okay. So the, the hero usually starts in some kind of a position of status quo, okay? Mm-hmm. Just like this is the, his life, his daily, you know, his daily uh, thing. And Bilbo Baggins is just the perfect example yeah. of that. <laughs> he loves to be in his little hobbit hole and have his, you know, second breakfast exactly on time and what have you. Yeah. And there's nothing, there's nothing extraordinary about his life, and that is you know, useful to us if we're going to be the (laughs) hero in our own story, because, you know, he starts off so ordinary and, um, and then something happens, there's some kind of a call. Mm -hmm. And when the hero receives the call, he, he has a choice, right. To, to move forward and, and take this quest and do something with it or, to give up and choose mediocrity, right? Yeah, but of course, uh-huh. that never happens in a story that you know. Yeah. That would be a boring story. <laughs> be a very short Bilbo story. Gave up. <laughs> <laughs> and Bilbo stayed home and the dwarves went on. And That's right. That's right. So, you know, he gets, he gets this ring and, and, uh, and you know, it, in, comes, in comes the mentor, right? And he, uh, he's, he's given the, the challenge to, to, to take this ring on this journey. And he just doesn't go places. You know what I mean? This is, this is pretty huge. So in, um, I don't know, I guess I'm going to say in story vernacular, uh, there's inciting action. He kind of has to go on this journey Uh and he's like, what am I doing? Right. And I don't know about you, but I feel that way sometimes in my life. Right. Where I've taken on a call, taken on a quest, and, and I just have those moments where I find myself going, 
what in the world am I doing? Yeah. Well, there's, <laughs> so, there are so many times in The Hobbit when Bilbo's like, I wish I were back in my Hobbit hole or, yeah. or but, he, but he's in the middle of a trial and a challenge that he, you just can't turn back. He couldn't turn back or else he would just be just as lost as he was to go forward or, or worse. And so, and he would have this like gnawing feeling like I didn't finish the quest maybe, you know? Right. And, and you can't be the same. Yeah. You can't go back to status quo, you know, like I, I really think that, you know, the, the term hero cycle is very useful mm-hmm. because it tells you a little something about this, the cyclical nature of this. Uh, when you really are a hero in your own story, Mm-hmm. you're going to take the next call and it's going to come, you know, you're going to get another call when you finish the the previous quest, you're going to get another, another call to do something else. Great. So it just keeps, keeps yeah. going. Yeah. So, so just to not leave your, uh, leave your, leave your listener wondering what the rest of the cycle looks like. Yeah. I'll just tell you that um, as, as the journey progresses, they, the hero goes through tests, trials and traps Okay. And in those, they don't have to be in that order, but let me just sort of define what they, what they are. So a test is something that has to be endured, something external to you, something about, you know, the, the environment. Um, trials are those, those, uh, those things that cannot be overcome. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're just with you. Maybe it's a physical limitation Maybe you have, um, you know, uh, something in your, in your living circumstances that isn't going to change. And it's just something that has to be endured, you know, it's just not going to go away. And, and traps are my favorite, <laughs> my favorite in sort of the ouch way. Um, <laughs> traps are those things that we cause because of our own weaknesses. Mm. Okay. So if we have a, uh, a, a particular weakness that's going to make it difficult for us to finish our quest for us to, you know, see that call through to the end. Um, it's, it's our own weakness that brings it on. And after, uh, after going through the test trials and traps, you'd think that it would be easy for the hero, but of course it is not. Uh, the hero then has to go through the desert and the, the, the desert is often symbolic, but sometimes it's actually literal. Mm-hmm. If you look at, uh, Moses in the, in the Bible, mm-hmm. he did wander for years in a literal desert. Uh, yeah. If you look at at uh, the the Lion King, um, Simba goes through an actual literal desert, right, mm-hmm. to get to a uh, Hakuna Matata land. <laughs> so anyway, after the after the and the desert in our lives is you know obviously symbolic for for most of us and. And it's, and, it's, and it's just plodding through day after day. You're on your way to a destination. And I think that applies really nicely in your podcast uh, purpose because a lot of parenting, you know, a lot of being part of a family is sort of desert. Mm-hmm. You know, the laundry does keep coming. And <laughs> we do, you know what I mean? We do yeah. have to oh, yeah. have to. Uh, you know, day in, day out of yeah, listen like, to the alarm ever clock. Gonna end? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you have to keep on keeping on, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, the hero in the in the hero's journey after the desert has a uh, the opportunity to do a final sprint. You know, there's some you know some big final thing before 
the reward before the quest is done. Yeah. So in the, uh, in the, 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 in the Lion King, which, you know, most everybody is, is familiar with, mm-hmm. um, he has that final battle with Scar yeah. and, uh, and finds that he, uh, he has what, he has what it takes to be the king. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and then, you know, the, the journey is, is completed because he's done what he was called to do. And, you know, he had, he had a mentor who, who intercedes a couple of times um, in both Rafiki and in his father's spirit coming mm-hmm. back to him. Mm-hmm. So does that make sense? Like we're, yeah. we're having this experience as we go through life and the, the mentor's role that it can be in a specific, you know, one moment, or it can be more, uh, along the journey we have Gandalf along. So would you, yeah so would you say like the mentor is just like somebody that comes along to encourage you on your quest and your on your journey that's just saying you can do this or maybe somebody who is a hero to them that it could be it, I mean the, the mentors the mentor's role in this journey you know from from a I guess historical and cultural perspective is to provide some needed advice mm-hmm. or, or some key instrument, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's a, maybe it's a sword, maybe, you know what I mean? Some, something okay. that helps the hero complete the journey. Um, but in a, in a broader, in a broader view, a, a mentor is, is somebody who has gone before. Okay. Okay. Somebody who, who has the, the life experience to help you on your journey, on your uh-huh. quest. So if you're seeing yourself as this is your journey, you know, I think sometimes as moms and um, parents, we, we just think, I can do this. I've got this. I don't, I don't need X, Y, and Z, or I don't need help. I don't need counseling. I don't need, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, things like that. But at the same time, like maybe that is exactly what is going to be a catalyst towards getting through the journey, the journey and finding that, uh, that mission and that purpose is yeah. finding some mentor or some something that is going to help assist on that on that journey and that that's okay <laughs> that it, it's not a weakness to yeah. to find a mentor or find something that that gives you that that strength right right i i mentor a lot <clears throat> i mentor a lot of parents and the uh the reality is 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 sometimes we can't see our own roadblocks. We can't like, Mm -hmm. we can't either, we either can't name them or we can't see um, what systems, what underlying way of doing things is, is causing them or may in fact be the solution to the, to the roadblock. Mm. We know we're frustrated, right? So a good mentor is able to look at, at your life and hear your words and understand that below those words there's a there's things going on that that just need to be discovered and mm. maybe adjusted. Sometimes it's not even a big a big yeah. huge thing. They just you know we get blind to our own failings and yeah yeah. I think that too is another reason why I wanted to bring out this discussion of family culture because I think sometimes we don't realize that there are weeds growing up. And things, you know, we don't, we don't see them or think about them until somebody goes, Hey, this is what your family culture is. What's going on (laughs) or to like, look and examine it. What's going on in their family 
And then they go, oh, oh, I didn't even realize that that was happening. And, uh, but then to see it opens you up to be able to, to refine and hopefully make things a little easier. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I think that that was um, another example that I thought of with the hero was uh, in Hercules, another Disney movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, because another part of the hero's journey, when it becomes an ultimate journey, what you talked about was um, that, so the last step is that the story comes together, but then someone who is an ultimate hero is somebody who pays the ultimate price. And, um, and so when we think about that person, like there is a one person that we know of that has paid the ultimate price. Um, but if we think of it at a, on a smaller scale with this story from Hercules, he becomes a hero because he jumps into the pool of death sacrifice himself to save this person that he loved and then became the hero yeah right. and it's so what makes a good story great yeah you know, that's the def- that's the defining line um when somebody when somebody offers all yeah and yeah. so you know we look to the savior for for that strength and he's like the ultimate mentor yeah like when we think about how we can get our strength and our hope and our direction is is jesus christ and, um, but I think too, that when we, um, when we want to live our lives to emulate the savior, that as parents, we, um, what can we as parents, how does that translate as parenthood in parenthood? Oh, that's a great question. I mean, I, I think it's pretty fair to say that most of us would offer our life for our kids, right? Mm-hmm. If there was, you know, some horrendous situation where somebody said, okay, it's you or your kid who's, who's getting the bullet. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, I think it's just uh, like biological or something like right. we, we would do it, but it's worth thinking about um, if, if we do that on a, on a more regular basis, if we do actually sacrifice our own wants and needs and, and desires for, um, for what's best for our kids. And I'm not saying don't take care of yourself. Yeah, not necessarily being a martyr. Yeah, Yeah. no, not at all. You know, but do you know what I'm saying? Like, like you know, I I uh, I homeschool my children, and and I often get you know kind of a I don't know an attitude from some people that that uh, that I've you know given up other things. Mm -hmm. Right? I I actually did the whole career thing, so I I have a pretty I have a pretty easy time seeing the difference between the two. I was um, working for a fortune 500 company for seven years after I finished graduate school. And, and uh, you know, the hero's journey was not found there. <laughs> Let me put it that way. Uh-huh. The hero's journey was found in, um, in, in doing the more important work of, of raising my kids. And so I guess I'm trying to say that, that not everybody, you know, has ideal situations and you may be being a hero by going to work every day, yeah. but you also, um, you know, can choose where you, where you live your life and, and, and where you put, you know, this culture you're talking about, this family culture, where you put your efforts. Yeah. So basically what we're talking about here is that the reason why heroes shape your family culture and shape who you are is because you, number one, if you choose a hero, someone that you look to that gives you that strength, 
you see their example, but also when you see yourself as the hero mm-hmm. and on this journey, that is what shapes your beliefs about the purpose behind what you're doing. And uh, that whole, the whole reason why it gives you the why working. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you, if you, uh, if you know your why, it's mm-hmm. part of the vision I talked about. In the yeah, beginning. that's what it's. It comes back to what we were saying in the beginning yeah. about about vision. Yeah, I'm actually part of a, a team developing a, a a curriculum. I guess you could call it an online sort of mentoring uh, families curriculum. It's a for an organization called Lemmy. Uh, mm-hmm. That's Leadership Education Mentoring Institute, and mm-hmm. we uh, we've developed this this curriculum and are still developing it where it's like a weekly short lesson to refocus you on what it is you're doing. Mm -hmm. And we spend an entire month on vision because we want you to know why, because there's hard days, you know, you are, you do have your tests, trials and traps. You do have to endure the desert. You know, you have to have to do all that. So if you don't spend time creating that vision of what it takes to be the kind of parent you want to be yeah. and to have the kind of family culture that you want to have, um, then, then you're going to struggle more. Yeah. You kind of flounder like, yeah. what am I doing this for? <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> it can be easier to, to want to give up or look for alternatives or on an out or something. If you don't have that, that big picture, that vision. Yeah. And, and can I just by extension say that, the sense that your child was born to do something great mm-hmm. and understanding that and knowing that, that they're, you know, that they're like this little hero in miniature. Uh-huh. Right. And if you have that, again, it's vision. If you have that vision that they were born to do something great, they were born to stand up when nobody else is willing to stand up. Yeah. Then you're going to be, a better parent because you understand that genius that's within them. Yeah. So how do you, um, how do you translate into a family vision? How do you get a collective vision of everybody coming in and get catching the vision of what your family culture, what you want it to look like and what you want it to be? Well, being able to articulate, well, you know, the creation of the vision has to come first, obviously, Mm -hmm. but being able to articulate vision, um, is is often called vision casting. Okay. And being able to to share uh, inspiration that will help help your family to choose in. I guess. Uh-huh. Uh, I I do have to say that we we also have to allow them to choose out, mm. which is the hard part, right? Yeah. Because we want we want everybody to. Uh, to stick with our stick with our vision. So anyway, to, to translate that vision into a culture includes both, you know, vision casting and setting the example. Mm -hmm. If you want great education in your family and you're, you know, sitting around watching TV or, you know, scrolling on Facebook, then, you know, what are the chances, right? Right. You aren't actually taking your spade, which is, you know, the root of, of culture is spade. Um, you're not taking your spade and, and doing, and doing the work yourself. Uh-huh. Also, 
it has yeah. to it has to be both casting the having the vision and then casting it and, and working at it and then modeling it for yeah. as yourself absolutely huh okay it's, I appreciate that a lot and, and that's something that I've been learning a lot about is just having to you know see see where your family will be in 20 years and what you want it to look like and how you want the, everybody to to be interacting and and how you want to how you hope to see where your kids are going and there's this one book that I found that's like my, my brother sent me and it's a kid's book and it said and I think it's called why am I here and it's a really interesting book um, and basically though it talks about uh, the, the grandson asking his grandpa what is what am I here for and and he's actually asking on a grand scale, like, what do we, what's the purpose of my life? And the, the ultimate answer was to become the best version of yourself. And so it's really interesting to think about that, that, you know, when we go through these, these trials and these, the traps and things, that they ultimately do have a purpose. And that is to become the best version of ourselves or to fulfill our mission in life. And, and so that's really insightful to think, you know, we can look to... And so that was one of the questions I also wanted to ask you is where can we find the heroes that we can look to that we want to emulate? Where do you look or where do you? I'm a big, big fan of real life people. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, I, I think the power of story cannot be underestimated. Um, there's, there's so much power in, we actually can reach people through story in a way that we can't through any, you know, any, you know, real, real life, uh, you know, preaching or teaching. Right. Um, stories are absolutely essential, but I love looking at, at real life people and, and filling my life with their stories. I, I think reading biographies is really important. You can start, you know, start with, uh, with ones appropriate for your children, you know, getting them to see the value of looking at, at real life heroes. Um, our founding fathers, there's, mm-hmm. there's just stories there that, that encourage me on a, on a daily basis. I'm so glad I steeped myself in their stories and I have like a favorite biography for, uh, for pretty much any of them. Uh-huh. And, and I actually have um, what I call a touchstone quote by one of the founding fathers that, that helps me to measure my own life and knowing and you know, having that quote memorized and knowing, you know, what it means in terms of my mission, it, it's just really, really powerful because, because he's, he's not a story, right? Okay. He, this founding father actually lived and actually was part of something that changed the world, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can, look to, you can look to people like the founding fathers. You can look to people who, who, are, who are alive today, who are doing, you know, tremendous things. Um, yeah, history is full of full of heroes and we ought, we ought to be rich with people them. People who have actually lived and done great things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The trick there, you know, just as a caveat, mm-hmm. the trick there is to realize that they were also human and yeah. oftentimes <laughs> made, made terrible choices as well as those fantastic things that they did. And for a lot of people, that's a deal breaker, you know? Interesting. They, they learned that, you know, Martin Luther King had extramarital affairs and they're just like, Oh, they oh. have no respect for him. You know, it doesn't matter. I'm like, did he change the world? Yes, he did. And are, we, are we perfect? No. Yeah. Well, there's that. <laughs> Minor technicality. 
I think that that's kind of interesting to think when when it's like they weren't perfect, but yet they did accomplish all these things. And just mm-hmm. to think, well, then maybe I'm not so lost. <laughs> yeah, I can give you hope, but I'm just telling you, for some people, it's a deal breaker. Mm-hmm. It's like if they find out this one thing about about you know this person that really lived. Yeah. And another important thing to realize with real life heroes is not to judge them through your 21st century eyes. Mm. You know, if they lived in the past, um, you have to look at, at their, at their life. I, I, yeah. I really am, and, you know, sad about all the, you know, bashing of our founding fathers, for instance, as an example, mm-hmm. uh, many of them, of course, were slave owners. And that, yeah. again, it's like a, it's like a deal breaker for a lot of people. You know, it, it, it invalidates everything that, that, that they feel like they've accomplished. Right. And, and I just kind of say to that, you know what, you're a slave owner too. If you, I'm not joking. If you buy, you know, pretty much anything in any store, if you go to the dollar store, I promise you a slave created that because there's no way they could have created it for a dollar without Mm. slavery. Mm. I mean, on some level, the person was either being paid so little that they had no, no mobility in their life. I'm sorry. It's, you don't have to see the slave. You don't have to, you know, manage and, 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 you know, do the discipline and all that kind of thing that makes slavery so horrendous, but you're, but you're participating in it. Mm. So does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and that that, we were born into this, we were born into this economic system Mm -hmm. and the founding fathers were born into that one. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just the way that the culture was in the, in that time. It's not like, like my husband, he's really big into uh, the founding and, and the revolutionary history and things. And, and he's like, you know, uh, in the Thomas Jefferson's will, he wanted the, his slaves freed or something, you know, that, Mm -hmm. that was, that was, it's not like he wanted to have slaves. It's just, that's the way that the culture was and the economy was that way. So it's, it's interesting to, to remember that and to think about that. Yeah. They're not perfect people, but neither are we. <laughs> right. Right. And did, they, and did they change the world for the better? Yeah. And you know, if, if you can't answer that with a yes, then maybe mm-hmm. that person isn't a hero. Yeah. But, um, but don't discount somebody because, because they weren't perfect on the whole. Yeah. Their life. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Kathy. I I really love this idea, this whole idea of learning about heroes and being able to feel like you you are a hero and and then also feeling like it's okay to have a mentor and to look to to somebody that can help you strength and a catalyst through your journey. Um so on that note, can you tell us a little bit more about where to find you? <laughs> <laughs> I have a website. It's uh, unleashingyourvoice.com. And I can also be reached. Uh, well, I guess if you want to actually reach me, uh, become my friend on Facebook. I, <laughs> I would love to, uh, I'd love to interact with you there. Or you can email me at unleashingyourvoice at gmail.com. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Kathy. You're welcome. Thank you for the opportunity. It was a pleasure. Thank you again, Kathy Malort. That was so awesome. And I love learning about heroes, the hero cycle, and where to find heroes. Another way to find heroes is to look in your family history. There's an article from the New York Times called The Stories That Bind Us. 
and I just want to read a few of the things that I learned from that article. They had conducted some studies with some kids, and they learned that a surprising theme emerged. The single most important thing you can do for your family may be the simplest of all. Develop a strong family narrative. They learned that the ones who know a lot about their families tend to do better when faced with challenges. They developed a measure called the Do You Know Scale that asked children to answer 20 questions. And the more children knew about their family history, the stronger their sense of control over their lives, the higher their self-esteem, and the more successfully they believed their families functioned. The Do You Know Scale turned out to be the best single predictor of children's emotional health and happiness. The ones who knew more about their families proved to be more resilient, meaning they could moderate the effects of stress. The answers have to do with children's sense of being a part of a larger family. Psychologists have found that every family has a unifying narrative and that those narratives take three forms. And if you read the article, you can learn about ascending family narrative, descending narrative, and oscillating family narrative, which is the most successful, where families tell stories of their ups and downs, their successes and failures in getting through those trials and the things that Kathy talked about in the hero's journey. And so basically, our ancestors become our heroes. And in the article, it talks about um, the military spends time building up the identity of their uh, recruits through communal activities. And the way that that translates is, is in our families is that any number of occasions can become these kind of communal activities that give us a sense of history, such as holidays, vacations, big family get-togethers, even a ride to the mall. The hokier the family tradition, they say, the more likely it is to be passed down. Telling a positive story about yourselves is the most important thing about discussing experiences and talking through problems. When you face the challenges, happy families, like happy people, just add a new chapter to their life story that shows them overcoming hardships. So the bottom line is what it says, is if you want a happier family, create, refine, and retell the stories of your family's positive moments and your ability to bounce back from the difficult ones. That act alone may increase the odds that your family will thrive for many generations to come. Go to my show notes and you can click on the link there to go to that article and also Kathy's website. And you can also subscribe and comment and follow the links to my social media or other platforms for listening. And all of the other articles and and books that we talked about in this episode so thank you again for listening i really appreciate your support please go to my show notes at www.homeandfamilyculture.com you can follow me on facebook and instagram at family culture podcast and on twitter at underscore family culture thank you again please please comment and like and share and subscribe thank you